Welcome to the Bethany Shipley Show. I'm so excited to dive in. I have the very first guest outside of Eli in my office here, and something about being around a microphone is giving me a little bit of PTSD with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally kidding, but I'm so excited to introduce you to my my only older sibling, my older brother, Jordan. And um, Jordan, thank you so much for being here with me. Um, so Jordan... I have so many ideas of ways that this interview could go, Um, but actually I was hoping we could just start off by you sharing a little bit about your life as it is now and maybe like a little bit of your story leading up to now. Okay. Um, Well, my life now is pretty amazing. Um, I live in Midtown in Kansas City and I have a wife named Natalie, uh, Natalie Lace. Uh, We have three dogs, Nika, Atlas, and Juno, and uh, I, before we were on the kind of break for COVID-19, I was the general manager of a restaurant called Cafe Gratitude in the Crossroads. I'm also a gigging musician and recording artist. Awesome. And so you still are technically... The, the the in at Cafe Gratitude, right? Yeah, I, I am technically. Uh, upon reopening, we kind of reopened just as a to-go concept because that's what's compliant with their regulations right now. And so for me, uh, we we actually didn't even need my role for that. So when we open up as a big restaurant again, I'll be back on. But for right now, we have a really. Uh, awesome kitchen crew and prep crew that's handling everything. Awesome. Okay. And so, um, yeah, cause we actually, Jordan and I have another brother who also works at the cafe and, uh, his name's Josh. He'll be on here hopefully later if I can rope him into it. But he, uh, was telling me that there's literally like what, two or three people working on any given shift. Right. Yeah. So, so that's just crazy. And I'm so sad because I don't think my favorite I don't think the whole bowl is on the menu. I don't know. I don't know what they're okay. doing. I know it's a limited menu. Well, so. for those of you who have never been to Cafe Gratitude, if, if this is totally side note and a tangent, but if you ever make it to Kansas City or San Diego, is that where it yeah, is? Yeah, Kansas City, San Diego, Los Angeles. Uh, I don't remember if there's one in San Francisco or not. It might be. It might just be L.A., now. Just Google it. Yeah, Google it. <laughs> and get it. yourself. First, you're going to order Zesty. It's a spicy cauliflower. Second, you're going to order whole bowl. And then third, you're going to order cool, which is my favorite non-dairy milkshake. It's amazing. Okay. So, Jordan, um, when when you decided to do music, um, how old were you? Well, I, I distinctly remember that before music, it's hard to remember a time before music. I was always singing and always trying to play something. But I had a grand vision of my life that included something like turning 18 and joining the military and becoming a Navy SEAL. And I was obsessed with their training routines and obsessed with kind of like the area of expertise, kind of all things special forces until the age of about 12. And then uh, when I was 12, I got my first guitar and that just like took over, that took over everything in my life. I, I have a very obsessive personality, a very like single track mind, um, and am usually very tightly focused on something. So 
the way that manifested is I was very tightly focused on like physical training and, you know, doing cold water, uh, cold water immersion and stuff like that. And then I got really into guitar and guitar honestly has never let up. I play guitar every day and I have since I was 12. It was like from a sister's perspective too. I just have to like chime in the like cold water challenges and whatnot. They were legit. Like we... As kids, I remember thinking, my brothers are literally insane. They would go on these man challenges. Like, what did you man call tests. them? We man tests. tests. Yeah. <laughs> and and now ranged, I'm sure you're like, oh. They ranged from playful to uh, mild, what is it, mildly sadistic or masochistic. But really, it, it could look something like... Uh, going and rolling around in the dirt on the dirt road and then coming back and jumping in a cold shower it could be something like and like probably running down a dirt road like naked with a machete yeah we were yeah <laughs> it was yeah boxers boxers that was about it and i'm the oldest of of the five of us and so i have two younger brothers jake and josh who hopefully you'll meet on bethany's podcast a little bit later but yeah i kind of instigated probably moments of severe discomfort for them <laughs> you know what though like i feel like that is now it's laughable and it's fun and i do remember the shift very specifically i think it was around that time when you went maybe with dad to like a recording studio yeah. saw a r- actual like very talented musician up close for you know maybe one of the first times i don't know at least it was the right time for you came home and you guys like he was playing like all the time if he was awake he was either doing a responsibility or playing music and i remember um you know i'm connected now with liz no who married chris no okay so chris if you're watching or listening i mean what are the chances but i'll give you a shout out um, I remember him one time saying to you, oh, yeah, well, call me when you can play this. And he played, like, I don't know, was it, like, Mannheim Steamroller or something ridiculous? Like, yeah, I don't remember. you know, like, on this electric guitar. Well, months go by, and Jordan, like, comes out one day, and they were over, and he just starts, like, playing it. Literally, I don't even think the right word is verbatim, but, like, exactly as it was on the um, audio. And everyone's jaws just on the floor like I think that's when I knew that you had something different and then of course you know it's like if you don't consider yourself an artist like for me like if I don't consider myself an artist I don't feel like qualified to judge art or like Mm. or you know music kind of being the same so I kind of always wondered like am I biased because I believe in you or is it because you actually are that good and I mean, still, I'm probably putting you in kind of an awkward position here, but when we there's, went... <laughs> there's evidence for both. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? There's evidence for both. Yeah. Like, I've, I've done some cool stuff. And, you have. And and also, you know, I definitely am the recipient of a lot of unconditional love, so... Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah. I remember when we were listening to John Mayer in <laughs> Canada, mm. another story for another day, uh, at the private concert um i was like listening to him I'm like he is amazing but like i grew up listening to this exact like this good (laughs) you know it's crazy that you say that i literally that literally brought back a dream last night i dreamt that john mayer privately played at a restaurant that i was at What? yeah and it's crazy i forgot that you had had that experience but it's just insane that you brought that up because i couldn't remember that dream when i woke up this morning and you just said that he and that totally was my dream last night that is really crazy yeah Dang. Well, okay. So, um, you wrote a song recently during this quarantine, you've been pumping out like amazing music. And I also just want to say like, 
props to you for doing that because I know that it's probably tempting to like be under the line of perfection and you can hear all these like, Oh, I wish I would have like Mm -hmm. had this little, you know, I don't know, knob turned differently. Yeah. Um, but props to you for pumping it out. Dude, it's been so powerful for me to do that because exactly like you said, the way that I usually relate to the music that I'm doing is that it has to be absolutely perfect or I don't do anything with it. And really what, where that leads me is to a state of paralysis with, uh, releasing things. And, it's been really, really powerful and deep for me to let go of that and see what happens when I let go of that and just let what's happening for me in real time be listened to by people. It's been incredible to see the response. Even, you know, we're, we're definitely talking about, you know, plays in the, in the hundreds, you know, plays yeah. in the hundreds on SoundCloud, which is not that big of a deal. But the point is that, like, people are enjoying them. People are hearing them and enjoying them. And that is a dead hit for me of like what I want to do. What I want to do is like make us write a song, be authentic, have it be enjoyed. That's good enough for me. And it's been really powerful to let go of the perfection standard to move through that and move into a place of just like almost seamless contribution. I mean, there have been days where these songs are, I start record, I start writing them in the morning and I post them at night. Wow. You know, and it's just kind of a frenzy. Do you have your like, do you have guidelines for yourself on that way? Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work on this song and, and then when I'm moving on to my next passion project, that's when I have to click publish. No, it hasn't really worked that way. In fact, it's kind of funny. I've put out, I think I've put out 11 or 12 songs so far during the quarantine, which is kind of insane. And, um, I've, been paring down. Like I haven't been posting everything that I record. Interesting. Yeah. Why not? Well, some of them I'm just like, Oh, that's not quite, that's not quite where I want it to put it out. Or that's not quite the best thing that I have at the top of the pile. You know, I have something to grab that's a little bit better or quite simply, I just have something else that's inspiring me right now to work on. Yeah, that is. And I am with your permission going to include the song in here Mm -hmm. at the end, maybe, um, that you just wrote. That is called Jordan. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. When I listened to that, not only was the first, like, I don't know, 10 seconds, like, super groovy. Mm. Like, it, you know, sometimes your music is so intelligent that I feel like I can't even get into it because I don't know where it's going. Yeah. But then, (laughs) but this one was super groovy. And then it also just, the, the lyrics of it were, like, literally immediate, immediate emotional reaction. Um, I couldn't imagine, like, I'm your sister mm. and I couldn't imagine mom listening to it. Like, I'm mm. just, I almost didn't want to suggest it because like, she's probably going to just bawl so hard. But, yeah. um, it, it is seriously, um, a song that it's the same reason my favorite movie is Steel Magnolias is because there's the good, the bad, the ugly, everything about it. And it's like collateral beauty in one spot. And I yeah. just... I, I guess that's why I am an Enneagram wing four, <laughs> but, um, the romance. yeah, I just like need that drama, you know, yeah. but this song is, um, my absolute favorite that you've, you've written and I've listened to it so many times. Wow. Um, so I can't wait to play it for you at the end that you'll just yeah. have to stick around to the end to yeah, listen to it. Um, yeah, that song was really special and it's funny that you mentioned, you know, like the. I guess the intellectual quality of music sometimes being really, really present for me during this 
kind of recording sessions, what I'm, what I'm calling the 30 day sessions is like, I'm having the experience that it's okay to just let something be simple and let it be said, like just really real and plain and on the nose. And it, you know, if you listen to the song at the end that I just titled my name, because I feel like it's probably the most honest look at my life that I've done. I really just felt this opening happen when I watched, I think maybe the first three or four episodes of Midnight Gospel on Netflix. Which I still have not watched. Yeah, and, and, I, and I would say something, you know, to the people who, uh, who are listening that it's not a kid's show. Um, that's for sure something to mention. And I will say at the same time, for me watching that show, um, it, it sparks like real innocence in the wake of dealing with like really adult uh, conversations, or I should say just really deeply human primal conversations like death um, and like the avoidance of responsibility and things like this that just happen in the, in this show and in the conversations. And the, the show is kind of loosely modeled on a podcast. Actually, it's a podcast that Dunkel, Dun, Duncan Trussell I thought you were going to say Dunkel, like Uncle, <laughs> Dunkel. someone the deep. No, no. Duncan okay. Trussell hosts a podcast, and there's an animation that happens with the conversation that's very spacey and very, like, just very creative and very interesting. And so, um, man, they have this conversation, and he interviews Death. And I watched that episode, and I just felt completely in touch with my heart. And felt completely opened up and started looking back at started looking back at my life like with a little bit just a little bit of added honesty. You know, and I feel like, you know, everybody everybody's being honest with themselves as much as they can and then sometimes some a new layer of that opens up. And for me on this night a new layer opened up. And I, Natalie was already asleep on the couch. I like walked her to bed, tucked her in, you know, already like, oh, I got to get over there and record this, this idea. So I literally just, you know, went over, got a click and grabbed my guitar and, um, just started playing this chord progression that was in my head. It's kind of a very Beatlesy chord progression and started playing this chord progression and just, um, you know, spitting lines, like just started going. I didn't really have anything going and that, and that was how the song was born. Wow. And I revisited it the next day and polished it and got it, you know, fully written and fully finished out and then put it out. And it's it's honestly like nothing else that I've done. It really isn't. It's not like anything else, but it was just a really special moment. That yeah. I, you know, a special moment with myself. And then, you know, I, I've especially been validated by several of my family members, like even um, extended family members like yeah. aunts and my, yeah. gran- my grandparents and they like, oh, I love that song. Like, they, you know, that song is so good. And I really feel like, I feel thankful and I feel like that's kind of a testament to how authentic it is is because these are the people who were there with me. You know what totally. I mean? Through all these times when, you know, through these times maybe when I couldn't express myself or I couldn't like, couldn't really show who was there underneath, you know? And that really came out in the song in a way that I think is special. So all that to say, yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. If you, you know, if you get the chance to listen to it at the end. Oh yeah, totally. I think you just, that's a perfect summary. 
And it's so cool to hear the backstory too. You know, I always listen to like Kelly Clarkson interviews because I'm obsessed with her as a person. And then hearing like where their songs came from, it just kind of gives it that whole new depth. And I think that's why I did connect with it so much is, and I kind of want to bridge this in, in with your permission into like our relationship because mm-hmm. I think on looking <clears throat> and if, you know, whether you found this podcast on the podcast app, uh, LOL, um, most of the people who listen are either related to me or know me through like Instagram, honestly, um, or know me uh, on a personal level. And I think on looking, um, our family kind of has this like this dream, like this dream look, you know, we all have like these adult children. Like I hear it all the time. Like all your siblings are so mean. You guys are all so close. And it really is amazing. And I think we, we have something so special. Our relationship specifically has been one of the best things that's ever, um, I don't want to say what's happened to me, but like that I've been able to be a part of because it's been one of the most growing. Mm. I, and I would love to just kind of, collaborate on that and share like our journey as kids being polar opposites in literally every way and then into adulthood where now I mean honestly we're just kind of starting fresh in a way mm-hmm. so um do you have thoughts do you have thoughts on that or should we tell the story <laughs> like... I don't know how to tell the story without you know kind of picking a I would say picking a narrative, you know, like we and we both have our like perception. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, not just like uh, pick a narrative like mine or yours, but pick a narrative that's like, um, well, let's see. There's an element of like, there's an element of it that's like you would talk about in therapy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's an element of it that you would talk about like both of us formation of personality. You know. Um, there's also an element of it that's like a really kind of an extraordinary circumstance, um, like in, in the, in the plain use of the word extraordinary, like not, not ordinary an extraordinary circumstance in terms of family dynamics, you know? So yeah, we tried, like we traveled on the road and we had like kind of limited social interaction. We were all we had. And at the same time, we were like, okay, so there's a lot of conflict starting in a very early age. Um, I would say really around when it became a potential for competition, both of, both of us are extremely competitive and not just extremely competitive in a bad way, but like very driven individuals. And we both really value winning and, and I think that's a great thing. Um, there was, we are so close in age. So there was that element too and um so close in height so close in height so (laughs) part of that part of that actually was kind of a thing because i am extremely tall and if you have not met me in person i mean i was gonna say i don't want to hear it but (laughs) it's fine people literally all the time will come up to me and be like you're so much taller than i imagined and i'm like well i'm I can't help that. Like, yeah. you're the one that created me at 5'7". And you're so much shorter than I am. <laughs> right? Like, and you're so much, like, older. Like, your Facebook picture is of you at 25. No. Wow. That's so that's so mean and Real. hysterical. But, um, but yeah, no. So, I am, I am tall. And girls grow faster than boys. We're seeing this with Moses and Lennon. Like, my daughter, she's three. She's almost taller than our five-year-old. 
And it's definitely, there's definitely this, um, whether it's social or (laughs) biological, I don't know, but there's definitely this element for him. He's watched Moses. I see him watching it and he will notice when Eli says, Lennon, you're getting so tall. And he's like, you know, I see just this physical reaction for him. Mm. So for a while there, um, I don't even know how long it was, but I was, you know, taller than Jordan. Now he, you're like freaking six, three three. or something. So it wasn't a problem, but for like, it it, it, it never would have been a problem. Even if I was taller, it would just be the way it was. But so true. But you cared a lot, and I, um, lot. I cared yeah. a lot because it felt like a win to me. And so, um, yeah, one time, there was one time, Jordan, you've always been more physically advanced in strength and speed, but there was one time that I got these new shoes, and um, I we raced, and by some act of God, I won by a straw hair. Like, <laughs> it was, like, insane. You don't have to dumb it down like that. I, I mean, mean, it really was, though. It was, a ba- it was a barely a win, but I would not re-race. And my dad was like, you know, I don't blame you. I wouldn't re-race either. You know, I wanted to be, like, the last time we raced, I won, so I'm faster. Like, I, I was just kind of snotty about it. And it was just, it was kind of like, you know, those situations where... It's not the actual situation that's the problem, but it's just like that is the floodgates to everything that's going on. Mm. And I feel like that situation kind of encapsulated. Um, there, there was a lot more of just like us at each other's throats all the time. Um, and then you being what I deem an eight mm. um, and me being at that time when you're a child you can live more in your wing yeah yeah the enneagram uh as a child i guess you can live more in your wing and i definitely was living in a four um which is like highly emotional and highly sensitive i thought everything was about me and that i was being personally attacked on every level and um i was a heart and feeler thinker and you were a rational thinker and it's interesting because I feel like we have definitely made way to yeah. the middle now, but yeah, when we well we kind of like switched places when we started socializing. Um, at least I I think when we became teenagers in high school. Um, yeah, there it became much more important for me to be like artistically expressed and be socially connected and became I think a lot more important for you to be competitive and driven totally and and, you know pulling in the good grades and stuff like that yeah Yeah. and it's that is very true and I've never really even noticed that side of it but it was interesting going into when we had more people to be around we banded together more I feel Mm -hmm. like which was I think telling, you know, but I remember sitting on the floor many times and mom just crying and saying, why can't you guys just get a, you know, why can't mm-hmm. you just make it work? And I'm yeah. like, he's the one, you yeah, know, exactly. when, and, and, and it's, it's funny because it's like, <laughs> yeah, I remember my aunt Londa saying one day you guys will be the best of friends. And I was like, this is different. You don't understand. <laughs> like we will never, yeah. we, and I, there were times even in our adult life, like, you know, when mom and dad left for Colorado, we didn't speak like you know i mean barely it wasn't it wasn't fun we didn't have good times kind of claiming our own independence yeah too at that time trying to figure out how both of us were so young you know 18 17 and 18 and trying to figure out how to make it on our own and um i had some 
you know, help and you didn't have as much help. And so, I mean, I had a lot of people who were really generous to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yeah. I had yeah. dinner made for me every night and lived in the basement. <laughs> so I can't complain. I was definitely, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, in the last, and I think also like in every sibling relationship too, there's something to be said about as cliche it is, as it is like seasons. And, you know, I got married really early, like in the scheme of things, like 19 and had Moses at 21 and then mm-hmm. Lennon at 23, you know, like I've been popping out these babies living my like mom business life. And, um, I mean, I think definitely in the last year we've connected on a business level, just seeing you, yeah. Uh, for the for those of you listening, um, the, seeing him take a, a the role of like you know entrepreneur in so many different ways and just kind of create side hustles for yourself and just make a bunch of money you know yeah. on a, in a quick time is like so fun and I connect with that energy yeah. so much. Yeah, I feel like there I I had to grow into I feel like you kind of saw that as a possibility a lot earlier than me. In terms of just saw it as a possibility for your life to pan out that way. And I didn't, I, I, honestly, I think there was some, maturity is the wrong word, but just some development that needed to happen. Like some things that needed to fall into place and things that needed to be in place for me to grow in that area. One of them, my amazing wife, Natalie, like we got married really young too. And, um, not as as young as you, but we got married young, you know in the in the eyes of our culture and we really just had to grow up together you know and we grew up together and that being there for me and her being someone who calls me into what what I would call like secure mature masculinity you know and and balance um has really created a place for me to start taking risks or start being a little bit more a little bit more assertive with business or with adventure or with trying trying something new you know and I feel like that just kind of took I needed that stability to click into place before I could go be adventurous out in the world like that that makes total sense it's just so cool like you and we can edit this out if you don't want to talk about it but like you um actually have made money in this pandemic right because you invested like you've invested right um well, the thing is, the market is very up and down. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you don't like, have to edit it out, but okay. it's like, yeah, I, I... What day you decide to take it out? Yeah, exactly. Well, it'll be the day that I'm up is the day yeah. that I take it out. No, but yeah, I've I've had some people in my life who've just really like like poured into me knowledge and confidence and things like that and have showed me things that I don't, I you know, I didn't think... For example, with the stock market, like, or with trading stocks or options or, you know, things of that nature, it's like, I just had no idea what that was, but some, you know, a mentor in my life showed me what it was and taught me about it. And I'm like, all right, let's kick some ass. Let's like, that's amazing. Oh, I love that. And I think that is so exciting. Like who knows what will come of it, but you've like, you spent this time to like learn, you know, and now next time, next time something like this happens, you're ready for, you know, even a bit, a bigger risk, which is so cool. Yeah. I really, I really, I really like that. I like that kind of mentality of expanding while, while the world is seizing up. That's, this has been a lot, this time has been a lot like that for me. 
Um, and it's also been a, a, an opportunity to slow down, which for me, I mean, we were talking about before we were, before we were recording, but I pretty much like have gone crazy the last 30 days <laughs> because, <Z's. laughs> yeah, because I'm just like, I am a, I love being busy. I love meeting new people. I literally, we literally, um, I got to meet some new people maybe like two or three weeks after the quarantine started and I met some new people and we were actually going around a table just saying what we were grateful for. And they were complete strangers to me, but I was just like, I'm so grateful to just meet new people. It yeah. feels so good. Yeah. And you know, they, they cracked up. They thought it was hilarious, but it's just like, I'm highly social. And so I'm that, the same way. So that leaving is just like, I, I have had the chance to sit with a lot of like right now. You know, just like coming back to right now. And it, it reminds me of, it's a meditation. Did you already know that you were so socially motivated before this time? Yeah. Okay. For sure. I, I, I would say that I don't, I didn't know how um, something like this would impact me. Yeah. You know, for the first couple of weeks, I was like trying to be like, I'm fine and be like, and muscle it out, you know, kind of <laughs> like a, kind of like that. I think what I expect a person who's strong to be, you know, just kind of, uh, pigeonholing myself in that way and having to hang out there, you know, and then kind of breaking and being like, Oh, I, I feel so anxious because I, I, my entire rhythm of my life is different. Yeah. You know, but that's been really good for me. It's been good for me to sit with that. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. We, um, we had a similar experience. Eli is doing this cleanse and it's all raw food. And so, you know how it takes so much longer to ring up individual raw foods from the grocery store because they have to like look up the number in the book and of course he's eating all these like random vegetables that no one's buying mm -hmm. so the guy that was checking us out and it was literally like a 10 to 15 minute checkout process wow. and we i mean we got to know each other literally like more than i've talked to a stranger in so long he's gonna bring his dog pickles over to the house next time it opens up and eat tomatoes with me and like you know we're just cracking up obviously it's two socially deprived people mm -hmm. anyway or two people who uh, are designed for connection. Exactly. <laughs> and know? are comfortable enough to have that. that we do need each other. Totally. <laughs> you know, people, we, yeah, we're, we're social and we need each other and that's okay. Absolutely. Well, um, Jordan, if you had like, I don't know, I, I was going to try to kind of shape up this like fancy question. I'm like, if you had something to say to the entire world, mm. but really like, um, you know, it, really that is kind of what I want to say. Like you have, you know. Hopefully people listen and I would love to just anything you want them to know, any literally no limits on that. Wow. Okay. Let me think about that. There's some cool stuff that I've interacted with in terms of ideas or in terms of like, you know, conversations or whatever over the last couple of years. Um, And well, I'll just, how about this? I'll just share like what's kind of been awakening for me in the last six months and maybe it'll land with somebody. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll impact somebody, but what has been, what's been really opening for me in the last six months is the realization that when I make contact with and come from just how much I love and care about everybody who is in my life. I am automatically completely disarmed as to 
what they might be thinking about me or whether or not they love and accept me the way that I am. And that's been super powerful for me in the last, yeah, in the last maybe half a year, kind of discovering that and practicing coming from the place of just like how much I want everybody in my life to be winning. That's you know, awesome. My family, everybody, like, yeah, seriously, like when I made, when I realized that I was like, wow, I've spent a lot of my life or probably most of my life really asking the question and really testing it out on the universe. Do you love me? And am I worth it? And making contact with that. You know, I don't, I don't know who, I don't know who loves me. You know, I know some people love me unconditionally and I know some people love me maybe for what I provide for them. And then other people don't know me, don't love me. But when I come back to the place that the reality is like, I want everybody to succeed and win and have like clarity, fulfillment and meaning in their life. When I come back to that, I'm totally full and I'm liberated. I'm, and I'm even liberated to, uh, I'm liberated beyond the bounds of comfort. So, and that's my comfort or the comfort of others, which is really powerful because it's easy to love people when it abides the social contract and when it doesn't bother them or it doesn't challenge something, um, challenge something in them or create an undesired momentary experience. But I've really been liberated beyond all of that um, to contribute 100% who I am based on my love and desire for people winning. That's literally, I can't even imagine how many people are relating with that right now. Like the coming from contribution instead of the need of significance. Mm. Basically you just summed that up like in a, such a applicable way. Like the, the primary question being, do you love me? Am I worth it? Changing to like, how can I contribute? Yeah. Really? I, lo I love you. You're worth it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, right. It is not. A, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, then you, yeah. I'm like, not that you meant it that way, but I'm like, oh, right. Yes. No, <laughs> so, I, that, like that. That, that makes so much sense. Like that is, it is not the question of, it takes the, it takes the need of validation to like, oh, I'm just coming from validation. Like that's the obvious. So like now what, you know? Yeah. And that's something that I think yeah. is what changes the world, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, being, you get to tell the truth and be kind. Totally liberating. It's amazing. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for writing the music for my podcast, Absolutely. by the way. So if you listen and you're like, oh, where did she get that groovy song that she always introduces with that would be Jordan and that yeah. was actually exactly an act of what you just said like right when I reached out I reached out to my brothers and I said hey I'm thinking about doing a podcast or I actually said I'm going to do a podcast um and they were like on it and Jordan sent me that file within like a day so yeah yeah I was it's really amazing. excited to do that and <clears throat> yeah that's uh I've had the opportunity to do music for a couple of friends podcasts and so that um yeah, that was really good for me, and I, I, w I was so excited to tr try to find something that captures your personality. Yeah. And I had this idea in my head of doing, I was going to do this, um, like, 90s PBS, <laughs> like, almost 
almost a 90s PBS uh, theme song feel. Like, you know, something like... Okay. You know, like, have that, like, vibe in there. And do something really, like, flowery with, you know, keyboards or something like that on top of it. And then I realized, I was like... I have this song that I had worked on. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, I have this song, and it has this synthesizer line in it that's just... Like, I already used the word flowery, but it is totally flowery. It's like this flowery... Well, you know I renamed the song, right? Because you sent it to me. What did you name it? I don't remember. I think you said, like, Song for Bethany or something, and I renamed it Bergamot because of, like, a flower and a fruit. It's like a fruit that is also a flower. It's one of the most random hybrid things. Mm. And so it's funny that you keep saying that because I'm like, I am flowery and I am fruity. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, and that is the word that you used. um, Oh, okay. You know? Forgot that. Yeah, Oops. that's the word. Just I'm like here. I'm having this moment where it's like just, so. It's all, it's this, all yeah. coming together. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I just had this song and I was like, oh, this is gonna be perfect. I changed. I kind of sped it up and changed the speed and added some different elements to it to make it, um, you know, more just really you. You know, I was just trying to aim to get something that's really you and really explosive and fun. And so that song came out of it, but. Um, there'll be a link in the, there'll be a link in this. Hope, can we link my, I can for sure learn. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> in so, the show notes. So I hear. Yeah, exactly. In the show notes, maybe my, uh, my SoundCloud can be linked. Perfect. My Spotify yeah, can absolutely. Be linked. And then if anybody who's listening, you know, wants some custom music written for them, I'd be oh, happy to yes. be in that conversation. So, yes. And you know what I think? Just side note. Um, if I were like. If I were you listening and I even just wanted to do like an intro of um, an Instagram TV or like Instagram, mm. IGTV, yeah. um, I use a this random little free app called Photoshop on my phone and you can add um, music. And so mm. I should, to- I'm just thinking out loud, like I should totally be adding that to all of my IGTVs and yeah, oh, yeah. And then how can they get in contact with you? Just like email or something? Yeah, so there's a there's a way that they can uh, message me on that SoundCloud oh, or perfect. you can email me at jordantaylorthompson at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love you, sis. Love you too. I wasn't ready, but it came to me. 